Just worship Him this morning. Be free with me. Sing, I stand. I stand in the middle of a war with the blood of Jesus on my door. I shine with the light so pure. Heaven surrounds me and heaven's inside of me. With the blood of Jesus on my door, I shine with the light so pure. Heaven surrounds me and heaven's inside of me. in the middle of a war with the blood of Jesus on my door I shine with a light so pure heaven surrounds me and heaven's inside of me Your 
speak right now waves of your presence waves 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 Woo! our God is a consuming fire burning away the stubble and hay our God is a consuming fire all that is shaped Jesus, 
Let us be free from the way that we are every week. Let us worship. Break it free. We're breaking free today. Sing our God. Our God is a consuming fire. Burning the stubble and hay. Our God is a consuming fire. All that is sacred will not remain. Our God is a consuming fire. All that remains. Come on. Settle down for a minute and engage him for a minute. Worship him. Keep playing that on the keys. We love you, Jesus. Just turn your heart to him and love him. We're going to go into some more worship, but let's get in. Let's just have him invite us into his presence deeper. Thank you for the love that you give us. You make it so easy to love you, God, when we feel your love for us. And I just ask you to be enthroned on these praises this morning as we go into this next song called Be Enthroned. Be enthroned on the praises of our hearts this morning. Let us break the routine of how we do things and come into a new place with you, Jesus. Let us come past the routines that we lay on ourselves, Lord. Like all week, I have to overcome my routines and come into His presence and just rest my heart on Him. Being thrown upon the praises of a thousand generations, You are worthy, Lord of all. Unto you, the slain and risen King, we lift our voice with heaven, singing, Worthy, Lord of all. Sing it. Be enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations. You are worthy, Lord of all. Unto you, slain and risen King we lift our voice with heaven singing worthy Lord of all sing verse 1 we come to join the song some long before our life to raise a voice alone. 
sing, be enthroned. Be enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations. You are worthy, Lord of all. Love to you, slain and risen King. We lift our voice from heaven, singing worthy, Lord of all. Sing, be enthroned. Upon the praises of a thousand generations, you are worthy, Lord of all. Yes, you are. That you slain and raised King, we lift our voice to heaven, singing worthy, Lord of all. Verse two. Do you? 
tell him right now. Tell him how worthy he is. Tell him how much he means to you. Just lift your heart to him right now. You are worthy. You are worthy. We lift our hearts to you in worship. We lift our hearts to you in praise. We lift our hearts to you in worship. We Put your voices to it. Put the song to it. So this past week, uh, my good friend Osmoni Sosa, he's a former baseball player in Cuba, and uh, he's a pastor. So he befriended, or he, no, he wanted me to be friends on Facebook. So anyway, I uh, was asking him, you know, have you built, have you built that little room on top of your one-car garage? It has a church that meets in a one-car garage, and uh, it's the best you can get, I guess. And then he's got this, he's building something on the top. He said, not only had they finished that, they now have 17 house churches, and they just planted one in Havana, and they're they're up to 320 people in that little bitty. Uh, I'm telling you, it's not very big. I don't know. That's a miracle. But anyway, God just said, I felt like he said, let's prophesy into Cuba. He was the guy, when I was there many years ago, was a teenager. And I spoke a prophetic word, how God would release Cuba. And 
You know, you weren't supposed to do that in those days. You weren't supposed to do anything like that. And, but he, he was in the congregation. And so I've met him again 25 years later. And he's doing what we said. So come on up, Linda and uh, Labreda. We have someone that's from Cuba. So we want to speak prophetically. We ask some of our guys to get words for them. And then we're going to pray. And you're going to, we're going to, she's going to represent Cuba. Hey, it's time for full-fledged. They're already having revival. Let's just pray full-fledged. All that's spoken. I don't know how this is going to go, but the Lord gave me a, 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 a prophetic action that we're going to do. So just bear with me, guys. I'm going to be reading the words of the uh, different members of the prophetic teams that were given to me when a uh, pastor told us to pray into Cuba. Ho! Oh, and we are honored to have a daughter of Cuba with us. Okay. The first one is, the person saw a superhero like Superman rising out of the ocean with force and ready for battle. I am breaking forth to show love to my people who have been held in captivity for years. Freedom is yours, and my spirit is moving, and you will not be in bondage anymore. Great is my movement across this land. Get ready and join my army, for you will see breakthrough after breakthrough in the new year. It is a new year of victory. Another person said they saw shooting stars, and they kept getting this beautiful, spectacular light show of shooting stars, like heavenly power is pouring over Cuba. Another one said she saw two large iridescent doors. They're huge and thick and solid, but they glow, opening, and Cuba is on the other side. And then a big gust of wind blows into those doors and they slam open wide. She felt like the gust of winds is the prayers of those who have asked the Lord for breakthrough in Cuba. She felt like this door is a portal. This new era in this country will break forth with incredible singing and honor and glory to the Lord. They saw Cuba as a young child who has been stuck in a room for a very long time and has not been led out. But now she's running through the fields of long grass with sunshine and butterflies and hears sweet freedom words, sweet fragrant songs sung over her. Then the sound of hammers of people building, Ed. Building churches, building communities, centers, and new businesses springing up everywhere. It's a new day for Cuba. Oh, Jesus. Another one is patient endurance. I saw small little ants diligently marching along in formation, carrying huge pieces of breadcrumbs on their head. The bread was ten times their size, but it didn't matter to them. They were excited about carrying the bread. They had been doing this for a very long time in silence and in quiet, and no one noticed that they were missing bread. They were storing up, stockpiling bread. 
for the body of Christ. Then I heard this. He who is last shall be first. Step up, Cuba. Take your bread. Oh, Cuba, my love, step up. You will be called to carry great and mighty things ten times your size. You will feed many hidden troops in your midst, a mighty ministry to sustain and encourage others who have lived under oppression and darkness, a nation of kingdom prosperity, humility, and great mercy. You have a great capacity to forgive, Cuba. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God reveals that you are his people who have lived meekly and mercifully. You, Cuba, are highly blessed and favored of the Lord. The Spirit cries, Step up! Step up and receive your inheritance! And then from Hebrews 6.10, God is fair, and he will remember all the work you have done. He will remember that you showed your love to him by helping his people and that you continue to help them. I said, Father, we are doing this today because their leader has died. He said, no, wrong. We're doing this today because Jesus died for Cuba. That's who we honor today. And he says, daughter, how much blood does it take to save a nation? He said, just one drop of my son's blood will redeem Cuba. So we're going to do a prophetic act. I need Labreda, bless you for coming up here. I need you to go down there. And he told me to call certain people up here as we pray. You're representing the redemption of Cuba. So if you'll go down there, Jackie and Dan, Elaine, Jill and Rocky. Uh, he said Joshua. I need uh, Alexa and Gavin to represent the youth. Jill and Rocky are representing the prophets. Joshua is representing the worship leaders. Jackie and Dan are worship, representing the redemption and generational restoration. Elaine is repre representing the intercessors. And Ed, get up here. You're representing the rebuilding of Cuba for the kingdom. Ho! Ho, Jesus. Where's Alexa and... Okay, did they get up here? Get up there. Get up there front and center, please. God remembers all that you have done as you enter this season, Cuba, of breakthrough and blessings as the Spirit cries, Step up, Cuba! Step up! Rise up and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you, Cuba. Rise up to our brothers and sisters. Rise up, young and old. Malachi 4, redeem this people, redeem these people, bring them out of captivity, set them free in the drop of blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we do. We just declare your word over Cuba. And we thank you, God, that your word will not return void. 
In the name of Jesus, we declare salvation and redemption. And we loose Cuba now to walk in its God purpose, its given purpose from the foundation of the world. It's a new day. We declare it in Jesus' name. Cuba, I call you to stand on the shoulders of the righteous generations and receive all of the generational blessings and all of the redemptive gifts and the anointings and the mantles that are in your history. I call them forth for Cuba right now. I call it forth. Oh, oh, I'm seeing mantles falling all over the land. Lord, seal all these words. And uh, thank you for Labreda, her family. Thank you, God. So, Lord, thank you in advance what we're going to see, we're going to read about over the next months. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead. Blow the shofar over. That's all right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the scripture. just want to read Psalm 24, um, and I'm going to insert Cuba. Uh, Cuba is the Lord's in all its fullness. The world and all those who dwell therein, who dwell in Cuba. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord? All those, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. And Father, we're calling that forth for Cuba today, that there are people there with clean hands and a pure heart. And I just want to skip down here. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And we do, Father, we do make way for you. And we say, be open you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in he's been knocking he's been waiting he's been standing there waiting for those doors to open and we're just proclaiming that those doors those ancient doors are open and then we invite you in king of glory amen algo para esas personas que hablan español y mejor que yo yo quiero hablar y yo quiero decir y declarar que Cuba es libre mi nombre es librada y yo quiero declarar libertad y liberación sobre Cuba del norte al sur del este al oeste cada persona 
cada corazón que se pongan en sus um, que se arrodillen y que declaren que Jesús es el rey de su corazón cuando estaban aquí cuando la señora estaba orando mi corazón estaba tan apretado y, y está latiendo tanto, tanto aunque yo he estado afuera de Cuba muchos años yo todavía me siento bien cubana y nadie me puede separar pero tampoco nadie me puede separar de Jesucristo Él es el rey y eso no va a cambiar lo único que va a cambiar es los corazones en Cuba y eso es lo único que puede cambiar el, uh, de la manera que Cuba está eh, el gobierno de Cuba y entonces yo oro por Cuba yo oro por cada persona por mi familia por todas esas familias que han sufrido estos años y yo oro que el amor de Dios entre en esos corazones en el nombre de Jesús gracias we will get that word to Cuba Okay, we have contacts, and so we'll send it. I declare that the powers that have decided that you will not move forward shall be disgraced in the name of Jesus. Declare that over your life right now. Declare that any power that has decided that you will not move forward shall be disgraced right now in the name of Jesus. Declare it right now. Declare that over your life. The devil is a liar. Shaka saka tolobotu. Yes, we didn't come here to negotiate. Let your voice roll like thunder. Say, I reject every evil voice. In the name of Jesus. I won't lie to you, I won't lie to you. I hardly slept last night, man. The devil had me naked on the floor. I had to pull my, my clothes off because I thought maybe somebody gave me a gift that had witchcraft over it. I couldn't get anything out of me. I was man down. I almost gave Pastor David a call and say, hey, man of God, I'm not going to speak. I can't even make it to church. I thought maybe, hey, maybe I ate something and then the Holy Spirit said to me, no. Somebody knows what's going to take place in this house tonight. Somebody's trying to stop what's going to take place. So, I took some water because I remember a conversation that I had with my brother Aaron. About 70% of our body is water. So we know that when the spirits depart, they go to dry places. So they want to go where there's water. Huh? So I took the water and I started to confess and started to speak over that water. And I said, healing water in the name of Jesus. And I started to drink it while I was lying there. And man, as soon as that happened, the evil was expelled. I don't want to try and define it or what it was. I just know it's not from God. And here I stand and I feel very strong. Because the devil is a lion. He's a little punk. Amen. I believe that there's people here that have powers of the night that come to torment them in the middle of the night I believe that happens to a lot of us 
Sometimes it's not every night. Some of us, it's every night and we want victory over it. So I want you to declare right now, power of the night over my life, break by fire. Right now, say that. Power of the night over my life, break by fire. Say it. Break by fire. In the name of Jesus. Speak. Speak out into the atmosphere. You're not talking to people. You're talking into the spiritual realm. Right now, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Don't worry about the person next to you. There's nothing he can do for you. Right now, God is in the house. Amen. Power of death over my life. Break by fire. In the name of Jesus. All fear of death right now go in this house. Anybody who's got fear of death, I just speak life into you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Any power of backlog that's trying to stop my deliverance, die in the name of Jesus. Say that. Any power black backlog in my deliverance, die in the name of Jesus. Any power backlog in my deliverance, die in the name of Jesus. Shake if you have to. Speak it out into the spirits. Speak into the spiritual world. Let the enemy know that you're not a joke. Let the enemy know that you're dangerous. Let the enemy know that if he tries to come up against you, you have a higher power. And you serve the name that is above every other name. You serve the King of Kings. Yes. Yes. Devil's like a dog. You don't ask him nicely to get out. You tell him straight, hey, get out! Amen. We don't want that in our lives. We don't want sissy Christianity. Amen. Yes. Now I want everybody to cry with a loud cry. Anointing that breaks the yoke. Right now, Jesus, fall upon our lives. Anointing fall on our lives that breaks the yoke. Yes. <laughs> Old man Hagen told me a story once. He said, you know, that there was a time we had financial problems, so he whipped out his check. If any of you are going through financial problems out now, just pull out your wallets. Pull out your wallet or your checkbook or anything that if you've got financial problems and I just want you to laugh at it right now. Just laugh. <laughs> just start to laugh because the devil's a joke. <laughs> Look at it right now, prophetically, and say, Father God, I thank you for breakthrough. Just start to laugh. <laughs> say, ah, that's all he's got. He's got nothing. Because the anointing is over your life right now to break through. <laughs> you've got it, sister. It's coming, it's coming your way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No more financial problems. Yes. The riches of the unrighteous are laid up for the righteous. Yes. And the kingdom of heaven suffer violence and the violent take it by force. So when we pray, we don't play. Amen. Shalom. Yes, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you anoint me to speak to these people. I thank you that you anoint me to speak across the airwaves. I thank you that nations will be shook by this message, Father God. I thank you that you put a coal of fire on my tongue, Father God. 
that you can touch the hearts of the listeners. They can open up their hearts in a new way, Father God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for back-breaking anointing, that we will pursue our pursuers. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the unchangeable changer, but our hearts are going to change for you, Lord Jesus. Father God, I thank you that by the end of today, we will be consecrated, set apart for holy use, and we will know the price that's there to be paid, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can take a seat. Thank you, guys. Rock and roll ain't got nothing on that. <laughs> Yes, Lord Jesus. So, the Lord was speaking to me about a lot of people from the past, a lot of mighty men and women of God. And I used to lecture church history in a Bible college because there was nobody else that knew it as well as I did. So, I was there. So, it's not the paper that counts. It's not the, your age that decides whether you're a man or a woman. It's your maturity. Amen. David was 16 when he brought Goliath down. And he didn't need anybody to tell him he was too young, even though his brothers thought he was there for mischief. Amen. So don't let anybody tell you you can't do it, because that's a lie from the devil. Don't let anybody tell you you're too young, or you're too old. Because according to Joel 2 verse 28, it says that, My spirit shall fall down upon all flesh. And he is the God of all flesh. Amen. So we don't need any evil voices to tell us something like that. We don't need any prophetic or demonic prophetic prophecies from doctors to tell us that we're sick or whatever you know. We refuse that. We're the children of God and these vessels need to stay healthy so we can do his work on this earth. Amen. Shandor. So, hmm. unfortunately, um, I'm not exactly like the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to have to take off. You know, in Africa, we, we call him Jehovah Chipoka Poka. It means he's like a helicopter. He doesn't need a runway. He just comes down. <laughs> so in Ecclesiastes 10.1, why I'm going to go into this is because I'm going to speak about some of the people that walked before us. So in a lot of ways, we are in the footsteps of the fathers of the church and, the, and those that paid a dear price to get us to where we are today. Amen. So we know that there's never been a nation or never been a, a specific group of people that's had so much ability and so much of financial power to fund the gospel like there is in the United States of America. No matter what the fight you've been going through, you've still got the power. Amen. You've still had a major victory in this nation. Amen. There's still more Christians here than there is anywhere else. That's what I believe. Maybe in smaller nations it may be different, but concerning the size of this nation, it's like a whole continent. You guys are powerful, and you've got something that's worth fighting for, a freedom that's worth dying for. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise, because that's a lie. Amen. And God's not done with America, otherwise he wouldn't bring me here. I'd still be in Africa with my brothers and sisters. Amen. The dead flies cause the ointment of the apocryphy to send forth stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Do you hear that? So you see a lot of people, especially we get this with young ministers and 
They think that they can just go out there and do whatever they want, but then not amputate certain things in their life. Jesus is not telling you to cut off your hands. No. He's telling you to get rid of the things that are going to hurt the children. So there's a difference between some Christians and then those that are consecrated. Some Christians are amputating things in their lives because they don't want to go to hell or they want to go to heaven. You know they want to. But for some of us, it's because we don't want to hurt the children. Amen. Now listen to this. Luke 4 verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the rain, through all the region round about. Amen. So note that it was after he was tempted. You see, some of us, we just jump into ministry and we think we've got it all, but the devil hasn't even come yet. <laughs> he knows, ah, ah, nice faith. Let's just wait for a time. And then all of a sudden, there's dead flies. Huh? And you know what I've noticed also about some people? They're so spiritually discerned, especially in the cities of this nation. And some of the people that need the gospel, they just think, just because somebody walks past you and he's laughing, it doesn't mean that the, that the waters are not dirty. It doesn't mean that they're not oppressed or depressed. So listen to this in 2 Kings 2 verse 19. Um, and the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth. So... Things look good on the outside, Baba. But the waters is not, and the ground barren. And he said, bring, and he said, bring me a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters, and cast the salt there. And said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed the waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha which he spake. I prophesy right now and I declare that anybody who's got sick waters or anybody that needs healing right now, God is healing your waters. He's adding salt to your well. Amen. Amen. So it's time to overcome temptation and be purified. Because the people that I'm about to talk about were people that amputated certain things in their lives. And God told me you need to let people know about those that walked before, before us. So there's very few people that even heard about the people I'm going to talk about. I was very surprised and I think the youth needs to hear it. So even when we're done with this, we're going to do a wind tunnel. I'm going to have Pastor David and Shirley, Aaron and Jesse, Rocky and Joe. And I'm going to have some of the youth, we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to come through. And then when we're done, the elders of the church are going to do the same for the youth. Amen. Because we want to touch nations. This is not an American church, this is an international church. Amen. Yes. So even right now we're sitting in a very prophetic place because I can see the nations of the world right now. And God's going to use a lot of people sitting in this room right now to go from nation to nation. Some of us are going to be anointed with a certain power that can take us from ocean to ocean, from province to province, from state to state, from country to country, and from continent to continent. Amen.
The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and a wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Wow. Listen to that. Hmm? So let me read for you, just to confirm it in the word, because I like to prove it. Because I know that um, in this nation there's a lot of scripture Nazis. Yes? <laughs> it's like if you notice some people, you know why they'll never be great? Because they always just just great people. They always have something to say. You give them something or a book or a sermon. They, they, the only thing they're looking for is fault. Let me tell you what. If you're looking for fault in somebody, you'll find it. There's only one perfect person and his name is my personal Lord and Savior. He's Jesus. Amen. So if you're going to go around looking for faults in people's lives, you'll find it. But don't forget to look in the mirror. Amen. So, let's go there. It's Mark 9. Um, where shall I start? Verse 41. For, whoso, for whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a milestone were hanged about his neck and were cast into the sea. And then it goes on to talk about your hand and your arm. Amen. So some of, just like I said, some of us are trying to amputate because we want to escape punishments. But some of us are amputating because we don't want to hurt the little children. That's why I know that sin short-circuits the power of God. And there was one thing that let the enemy know that they could get inside Jerusalem, and that's because there was sin in the house of God. So if we want revival, we need to start plowing the ground and removing the rocks. Amen? We need to build up the walls. Shandor. Um... So Jesus didn't just come to do miracles and then say, let me go be tempted. No, he was tempted first, amen? No, he's tempted first and then he got approval. Approval to produce reputation. So just like I said, and when the devil had ended all the temptation. So approval produces reputation. Shando. So there's a certain walk we need to go through and there's certain things we need to cut out of our lives. And you know, what I like about salt is salt preserves. And salt was a measurement of value in those days. They didn't have money until certain big empires started to rise up. So they started to print the king's face on the coin or what have you. And then that was a measurement of value. That's a big mistake a lot of children make these days, especially the youth. You know, they think money is value. No, money is a measurement of value. In one day, that money can turn into nothing but toilet paper. Go to Zimbabwe, you'll find out. Toilet paper has more value than their currency. <laughs> Not even a joke. So salt preserves, even if you look at the, the mummies in Egypt and stuff, why do those tombs still look so good? Because they put salt around the body. So even if you want the flies to stay away from the flesh, hey, and you dry out meat, do you not put salt on it? Or am I lying? Amen. So God wants to put some anointing on us and he wants to give us something that stops the devil from being able to, putrid our, to put putrid in our flesh, to allow the flies and the maggots to get in there. 
so that when we speak, living waters come out of us. Amen. So when people are drawing from your well, they're not getting sick. Amen. So even me and Aaron were talking about the power of the tongue. I think it was with Brother Stephen too. About how a, do you want to come talk about what that scientist did quickly and just share with the people? Just quickly, brother. This is a doctor, just by the way. So he's not like me. I'm uneducated. So listen. Now forgive me, I can't think of the man's name, but uh, many of you may have heard of him. Uh, he's from Japan, and uh, he was just looking at um, the power of the spoken word. And I'm sure it probably happened just uh, coincidentally in the natural. But um, he started to see that the power of um, um, uh, just a single word like happy or joyous or life, um, when he spoke that word to one drop of water, distilled water, mind you, Flash froze that under my, and put it under a microscope and looked at it. The shape was beautiful, crystalline structure, just like you would see on any snowflake. And so he thought, hmm, I wonder if I speak something like ugly or hatred or some other just bad word. Just one word. He spoke that out and Flash froze that, looked at it under the microscope. It was totally disorganized, chaotic mess. So like Dylan was saying earlier, our bodies are made up of about 70% water, plus or minus. The world around us is made up of about 70% water, okay? There's a reason why the words that we have uh, that come out of our mouth have life and death in them. And this is just one scientific way that we can actually see the demonstrable, you know, tangible evidence of his presence of the power of the word coming out of us. And so we basically just, you know, when we speak life, those cells, that water actually shifts. That's how an MRI works. It basically magnetizes the, uh, the water in your body. And so it turns on, it turns off, turns on, it turns off. And that allows the computer to take images of different parts of your body by kicking on, kicking off. It's the same kind of thing. We speak life with our tongue or we speak death with our tongue. That's why power goes out from us when we lay on hands. That's why power goes out from us when we speak life or we speak death. It actually changes the cellular structure, not only of ourself, but of the people that we influence and speak those words over. Thank you, brother. Wow. So it's even like, you know, and also to be able to, you know, one of the things I want to say is we've got to get past this thing when we're more afraid of the power of the devil then great is he who lives in us and who is in the world. So it's like even find it's like some of these people who say, ah, music has no influence on me or what have you. No, those people are singing demonic words sometimes. So it definitely had an influence on me because it was, you know, rock and roll, the long hair, the skinny jeans, guns and roses. So don't tell me music has no influence. It's a load of nonsense. So I even found that like, I, I, I just, I hang out with anybody because I want to be like Jesus. They even try to persecute him and said, why are you with these sinners and these publicans and these tax collectors? He said, doctors don't go to the healthy people, go to the sick. So I noticed one thing about the sick people is they listen to debauched music. Effing and blaming the whole way through the song. Man, my spirit, it's just, it's because my waters are disturbed. Because we spend a lot of time in the presence of God, listening to, praising his name, you know. And then it's like, even sometimes you'll hear a song that you used to listen to like five years ago. You used to rock to that song and then you just hear it. Like, Man, that's, that does something. It puts a depression over you. 
It's disturbing your waters. It's dirt coming into your gates. You understand? These are gates. Gates, Baba. Believe it or not. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. Amen. So deliverance from temptation is not no temptation. Deliverance from temptation is a knowledge on how to cut. James 1 verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when thou fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work of patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Then back to Mark 9 verse 49. For every one shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with fire. Amen. So Leviticus 2 verse 13 confirms it. And every oblation of thy meat offering, listen to this, shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of thy covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. So don't just tell me, oh, that makes Christians all bland and boring because now they're all just salt. And now they all have one taste. No. If you throw salt on chicken, the chicken tastes nice. If you throw salt on the beef, it doesn't taste the same as the chicken. Or am I lying to you? Yes. So the same sun that shines down on the flowers, it gives roses life. It gives daisies life. Amen. The same God that's shining in our lives is making us unique. We, want, we are not the same as the person next to us. So even when you look in those church windows, those old school church windows, I just love it. I think it's cool. And, and you get the green and the yellow. When the sun shines through there and you look on the floor, there's different colors. But it's the same sun. It's the same sun that empowers the, the trees and life to grow. But everything comes out different. Amen. So let's not think that now Christians are boring because we're all salty. No, salt preserves. Amen. So everything in the Old Testament was speaking truth about Jesus Christ. So he told them this covenant is a covenant of salt. Why? Because when we put salt on meat, it makes sure nothing can ever come inside that meat. Salt is good. This is verse 50 of Mark 9. I'm going back there. Salt is good. But if the salt have lost his saltiness, wherewith will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Matthew 5 verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if, you, if, you're, if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. So our society is like rotting meat because we don't have salt. Amen. Our society is blind to the things because they're just looking at the vessel and they don't even know what's wrong with the waters. Just like when Elisha came to that town. Hey, I can look sometimes, I see, oh, I just feel, I just look at people in the streets, I say, oh God, I feel their pain, I don't know, it's like, I just can see what they're going through, and I'll tell somebody next to me, oh, I just want to pray for those people there, but they're fine, look, he's laughing. Please, men, people that are on drugs are also laughing. Amen. So, where do I start with these people? I want to talk about Lester Sumrall. I'm sure everybody still knows Lester Sumrall. And um, 
I watched a lot of lectures and teachings from him, read some of his books, and um, he personally knew Howard Carter. He personally knew Smith Wigglesworth. I think all of us have heard of Smith Wigglesworth, amen? Yeah. So, every man is born, every woman is born a person, and they make decisions, and decisions make them. So according to Hebrews 11 verse 35, it says, of whom the world is not worthy. Of whom the world is not worthy. You know, some of the things that you're about to do for God, it's like the world is not worthy of it. But by His grace alone and His mercy. You know, God told me through another man of God that, you know, in America, People preach about my coming. They sing about my coming. But they don't live like I'm going to ever come. Amen. And I think we need to start salting ourselves up and, and cleaning our wells. Because right now, the children are hurting. And some of the garbage that's been preached out of the church... Oh, Jesus prayed the price. We don't have to do anything. Okay, well then what about love? Because let me tell you what, if you're going to love somebody, it's going to cost you something. Amen. What a load of garbage. The cross was there so we could get through a door. So once we get through that door, we can walk the life that we need to walk for God. That's the beginning. Amen. So we need to get to that place. Of responsibility oh I have rights I have rights have you heard this generation please man you'll never get anywhere with like that you've got responsibilities and it was people that decided to have responsibilities that changed the world and if you want to move the world you got to move yourself praise God thank you pastor I'd just like to say I honor you so much you're a mighty man of God and you too surely you're a woman of God So there's something that we have to do. There's things we need to get rid of in our lives to allow God to come in. Because God doesn't want to share with you and the world. He wants your whole heart. You understand? Shando. So, <laughs> the Lord said that great famine would come in the land and what have you. And I just want to say, you know, if America's harvest had to fail a lot of other countries would go hungry. So a lot of the world even counts on the harvest of America. But when God was also speaking to me about pestilences and famine, he wasn't talking about just food. He was talking about sickness. Do you know cancer eats away at the body very slowly and destroys so many lives in this nation? Do you know how many mentally ill people are around here? that need healing. There's never been such a time when there's been so many mentally sick people. And America, it's prominent, man. I've never seen so many youths with so much self-image problems and rejection. And it's a spirit that attacks them, telling them they can't do anything, telling us that we're not good enough. But actually, we've got it all in our hands and we've got the ability. We've got the talent. But it's just like the sermon I preached. You can be talented and you can still be wasted. Just like Mozart's. Just like Jimi Hendrix. 
Nobody had ever seen anybody jam a guitar like that boy, man, but he didn't even make it to 30. What a shame. Have any, has anybody ever heard Freddie Mercury open up his voice and sing? The devil got him. Talented but wasted. Imagine if he sang for God. What a beautiful voice. Hmm? So I'm telling you, there's talented people here, but it's the anointing we need in our lives. It's a level of consecration. <laughs> and just like we were praying now for Cuba, I believe Cuba will have a revival, sister. I believe that Christians will rise up with a might and overthrow that government in a supernatural way. Thus saith the Lord. Because for too long have the people been in bondage. Do you know communism is the wickedest thing that ever came out of hell? Ma Si Tung had to kill 30 million Chinese people before he could get them to bow down to communism. The one time I heard this story about this policeman in China who caught this pastor and with all the Christians and all the, the people of the church watching, he set the dogs loose on them. And they watched as the dogs ate that person alive. And then he said, now you Christians who claim to raise, them, raise the dead, come raise him from the dead. I think he'll regret saying that after about being 30 million years in hell. And that's a fact. We'll be accountable for the decisions we make. People are being persecuted all over the world. But we have something we can give them. Amen? There's something in America that we can give the world. And I believe it's something special. Brother Dakota, you caught my eye when I was there getting food. And I just want to tell you, brother, that God's going to, you're going to have an encounter as a young man. Something's going to happen to you. And I want to tell you, just because people don't see the ability in you doesn't mean you have no ability. And you're going to find one thing strange once you have that encounter. People will be very happy with you doing nothing. And all of a sudden people will fight when you do works. So get ready and don't underestimate yourself. You're a beautiful person and God's going to do great things with you and you're going to see his power. Amen. Do you receive that? Yes. God's going to do something in your life. Praise God. So we don't want Christians to go around and say, no, I want to die for Jesus. No, we want to live for him. I'm not saying it's to, there's plenty of people that paid with their lives dearly for the gospel. But the Bible says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So death is an enemy. Amen. So I'm going to live for Jesus. Are you going to live for Jesus? Praise God. I pray that we get that power that when we go into some of these nations, they can set the dogs on us, but we will raise from the dead. Then we'll see their mouths shut. Hmm? <laughs> that will be wonderful. So, Smith Wigglesworth once, when he was about, uh, <laughs> not Smith Wigglesworth, Lester Sumrall. I want to speak about how it carted. You know St. Paul's Cathedral in, in um, England? Howard Carter's father was the one who made all the bells for the churches, and he was a great inventor. And Howard Carter 
had the same spirit his daddy had in him. And anything you bought to him or any sort of invention, if he had a look at it, he could probably make it better. And um, he was a superintendent. And one day, Lester Summer, at the age of 20, um, the Lord spoke to him and said he should go to, um, I forget which state it is, but he went to one of the states here and he was in Tennessee at the time. He went to Arkansas and Howard Carter was speaking then and he didn't even know why he was going there. And he found himself listening to this man of God preach. And then at the end of the service, he came to shake his hand and he said, I will go with you to the highest mountain and to the, through the lowest valley over the seas and over the deserts. And he said to himself, but wait a minute, I won't actually do that. I don't know why I'm saying that stuff. And then Howard Carter looked at him and said, young man, can you come see me in my hotel in a few hours time? And then, um, so he did. And he came into the room and he found Howard Carter there looking through his books, <laughs> going through his pages. <laughs> he said he thought, oh, this guy's looking for a way to beat me now. <laughs> he was very scared. And then he looked at him and said, hey, boy, have you, have, you heard, have you ever felt like wanting to do missions, mission works? And he said, yes, yes, I had a vision. I had a vision of thousands of different cultural groups falling into hell. And God told me that if I didn't go across the nations, many people will fall into hell. And he said, well, well very good. And then they spoke a bit and what have you. And he said, well, um, if you can just meet me in Los Angeles in a few weeks' time, I'll be there. And then I'll be crossing um, the ocean. I'll be going to, New uh, to Tokyo. So he said, okay. And then he just left there and he said he got on the way. And by the time he was on the highway, he realized that he didn't take any of the man's details. He never gave that man's, he never gave Howard Carter his details either. So he said, oh, I believe I've lost him already. But you see, here's where faith comes in. He sold his car and he got on that express train that goes from the north to the, from the east to the west. And um, he arrived in Los Angeles. So he thought, well, I'll just find an Assemblies of God church and see if I can find out if anybody's seen this man. See if I can just find out where Hardcore is. And in the first, where he got led to one of the pastor's houses, he knocked on the door and he said, um, you don't know me. And then the man said, um, the man, was, his name was Turnbull, Pastor Turnbull. And he said, yes, I do. And he said, no, 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 you don't know me. He said, no, nah, I know exactly who are you, you Lester Sumrall. And he was like, no, that can't be. He said, yes, Howard Carter was here. And he told me you would be here on this day and at this time. He said, I should welcome you into my house and give you a very good offering and send you on your way. <laughs> so, Lester Summerall got a, caught himself a boat. And um, he found his way to New Zealand. Um, and when he was in New Zealand stopping off, he thought, well, um, I don't know where, where, um, how to find Howard Carter now when I get to Tokyo or whatever, but let me find an Assemblies of God church or see if I can find anybody who knows anything or what's going on because he heard that he would possibly stop in, in um, one of these islands in Hawaii. So he knew that, well, maybe people knew about him here or whatever you or what's going on. So he didn't even know how he was going to find him in Tokyo or or where have you. And um, so he was looking around the town, looking for any where he could find an Assemblies of God. And then this man came down the streets and he said, um, hey, brother, I'm looking for an Assemblies of God church. And he's like, uh, 
I'm also looking for the centers of God Church. I've been looking all my life. He says, no, 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 I'm looking for the assemblies of God Church. <laughs> he says, no, nah, no, nah, I've never heard of that. And he says, well, um, they're the type of people who go, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And they shake their hands. He's like, oh, I think I know of a church like that. He said, you can just go that way over the rail station. You'll find a little church up on the hill there. So <laughs> Lester Sumrall went that way. And he got there and then he knocked on the door. And then a man opened the door and he says, uh, you don't know who I am. And he says, I know who you are. And he says, let me finish speaking. You don't know who I am. He says, I know exactly who you are. You Lester Sumrall. Howard Carter told me yesterday you would be here at exactly 11 o'clock. And he said, man, I'd never met anybody like that, man. I, most of the people I'd been around in church, you know, they were just normal people. <laughs> so he, got, he found out where Howard Carter would be. And um, he found out where he would find him in Tokyo and whatever. But you see, what's amazing is God had to send that strange man down that road at exactly that time to meet Lester Sumrall. And then send him exactly up there that he would arrive at exactly the time that Howard Carter told that man of God that Lester Summer would be there. True story. Amen? So even he said that at that time, just before he left New Zealand, he said, well, he, he got down on his knees and went to pray and he said, Lord, where's that young man you sent to help me? Because God had told him a year before that I'm going to send a young man that will come from far away that he will cross with you over the highest mountain, over the lowest valley, over the oceans and through the deserts to minister the gospel. So now God tell me where he is now. And he said, well, he'll arrive here on the port tomorrow morning. And um, at 11 o'clock, he'll be at that pastor's house. And um, from there on, it's just history. We know that Lester Sumrall had revival in the Philippines. He worked in China, he went through India, and um, eventually came back to America, I think it was Kentucky, I think um, Rod Parsley is now Ohio, thank you, I think he was the one who took that mantle, and um, before he came back to America, um, God said, I want you to go be a pastor, he said, pastor, me pastor? I've traveled the world and preached to many nations. I'm not going to pass. And then God said, well, then you're not like me because I'm a shepherd. So I think every single one of us need to learn how to shepherd. Because God cares about people and that's exactly why he came to this earth. So, talking about Pentecost, because um, that's what some people like to call us because we're crazy. We talk in tongues. We shake. We believe in healing. And... Um, we all know that revival broke out in Wales in the early 1900s, 1902, 1903, 1904. It was such a major revival that even the football league, the soccer league, closed down for two years. And man, I'm, I, I'm a lot like the English people, man. If you're going to close down the league for two years, man, I'm going to be upset, eh, Eric. It's going to be disappointing. So we know that that revival was major. It was so major that people had to change the way they spoke to all the donkeys in the mines because everybody started getting saved and giving their lives to the Lord. So they used to swear at the animals when they would get them to work. So they had to get new animals because the animals didn't respond because they stopped swearing. <laughs> the whorehouses turned into places where they would worship God. 
But England didn't really receive that revival. And there was a man by the name of T.B. Barrett who went to Scandinavia and he was in Norway and he had a church there and he was in a Methodist church. And this is how the story goes and why I want to talk about that and why I'm not surprised about Norway and Scandinavia. Is T.B. Barrett was sent to America to raise funds. And I don't know where he was in America, but one day he came across a person and said, have you heard about the revival? He's like, what revival? So we know that some of the people that had experienced some of the things in the Welsh revival came over to America. And um, that's when the Azusa Street revival broke out with Seymour. And we also know that Seymour and John G. Lake were also with Alexandra Dowie. And um, he... He thought he would go check it out. T.B. Barrett thought he would go check it out. Man, let me go check what this revival is. So he went into this church and they were all praying in tongues and the Holy Ghost came on him and he said that when I came out of wherever I was, I found myself under the piano. <laughs> so that's not a normal thing for a stately gentleman to find himself under a piano. And the people said that when this man started to speak in tongues, he started to speak in many different languages, just like the Bible says in Acts 2. So we know that he spoke five different languages and he translated all these books from Norwegian to Swedish. He spoke Russian. I can't remember if it was German or French. And he was a man from England. And he thought he could evangelize the world. And I also want to do that, you know. That's my dream and I think that should be all of our dreams. Don't you want to evangelize the world? Change the world for God? So... He decided to go back to Norway and he, the pastor there said, sort of, well, um, did you bring anything back? No, 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 but I have a sermon to preach. So he preached on Acts 2 and he said, I've got that. Then the, the pastor stood up and he said, well, you didn't get it here. <laughs> so shortly after he had to leave. <laughs> but then he, he met a man in Sweden when he traveled to Sweden by the name of Pietrus Levy, who had a Baptist church by the about a hundred people and he said you know that thing in Acts 2 you know I'm a Methodist and you know I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I believe if you're Baptist you can also get it so Levy found himself being baptized in the Holy Ghost and shortly afterwards he had to leave the Baptist Church we all know how that goes for some of us that came out of the Baptist Church and um, at the time he had the biggest Pentecostal church in the world he had over 3,000 people in his church. And do you know, there's a, a big spiritual battle still going on in Brazil now. It's been going on for the last 30 years. Do you know that there's becoming so many Pentecostal Christians in Brazil that they're actually challenging the Catholic Church? And do you know where it came from? It was Swedish missionaries from the roots of T.B. Barrett that went over there a good 50, 70 years ago that came out of that revival in Scandinavia and now they evangelize in Brazil. What a wonderful thing. Amen. So even some of the Brazilian players we know, brother, they're Christians like they are because of these people who paid a price, who were kicked out of their churches. People scolded them, thought they were nuts. Yeah, I've noticed right now people in the world, they don't accept me. They think I'm crazy. A lot of people, when they first meet me, they think I'm mad. I don't believe in healing. Then some people, they'll even ask me, tell me how you got to America. And then when I tell them the true story of how I got to America, they say, I don't believe in those things. Well, then you, you don't believe in my existence. 
You don't even believe that I'm standing in front of you. Like I'm just a liar. So, one of the things, one of the guys, guys I want to talk about, and JT Joshua actually said he knows of one, George Stevens. But there were two brothers in Wales, in a small little town, Stephen and George Jeffries. Has anybody heard of them? Okay, that's why I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> one person. One day in that small town there was a little chapel and on, that cha on the chapel wall was a bleeding lamb. And Stephen Jeffries was so drawn by the Holy Ghost that he sat under that bleeding lamb for three days. And something happened to him that after that when he touched sick people, they got healed. Now Howard Carter was never a man who would ever tell a tall tale. He never lied. And he said, one day he prayed for a person whose legs were fermented and they were not even growing out properly. He said, I saw the bones and the legs and the flesh grow out. And he saw, I said, I'd never seen a miracle like that. Nobody had ever healed so many people of rheumatism, arthritis, like he did. It was believed by many people that the, the, the royal family would sneak him into their, their palace so he could pray for them when they were sick. Because he had so much power. And for a while, his brother, George, um, was his music man. But then shortly after that, he branched out on his own. I think he, it was actually Stephen Jeffries who started the Assemblies of God Ministries. And then after that was people like T.B. Barrett who got filled with the Holy Ghost and from there on it went. But George had an ability to speak to people and bring salvation to people. He, he was very different to his brother. He didn't have the healing power like his brother. But when he spoke, supernaturally people would give their lives to Jesus. It was like nothing else ever seen before. But you know, that there's, there's, there's also some things that I want to say and just let you know. That one day in South Africa, Stephen, the one who had the healing power, he stood up in South Africa and he said, no one has prestige like me. Nobody has the money I have. I have the world at my feet. And in six months, in six months time, he had rheumatism arthritis. How the mighty have fallen. Amen. So we need to also watch out because it's about Jesus. There's nothing great about me or Pastor David or Rocky. The greatness in us is him. If it wasn't for him, we would be nothing but dogs. Just normal people walking around with empty shells. He's the giver of life. So yes, we have talent in us and yes, we have ability. But without Jesus, we can never truly fill our, fulfill our purpose. You know? Bob Marley was a very loving person, man. He really wanted to change and revolutionize the world. He really thought what he was doing was right. But one day he just went into a trance, dropped down, stood up and said, Rastafari," And he had cancer all over his body. And shortly after that he was dead. Without God you can fall short at any time. So we also know that the church that was having, because T.B. Barrett also went to England 
And he started a revival there, Pentecostal revival there, no party like a Holy Ghost party. And we know that Smith Wigglesworth in the Midlands heard about that revival. And it was from T.B. Barrett that Smith Wigglesworth came down there. And he got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of us know who Smith Wigglesworth Who knows who Smith Wigglesworth is? Praise God. I don't have to talk about him. What a mighty man. But it was for T.B. Barrett, people like Pietrus Levy. JT, can you come start playing, brother? Where's Josh? Can you come start playing, brother? So, George, the other brother, one day he decided that um, somebody came up to him with a revelation that uh, uh, England was one of the lost tribes of Israel. And you know, sometimes I hear people, it still happens today, I got a, I got a revelation, I got a revelation. I look at those people, I do exactly what Lester Summer said. I think you need that revelation more than I do, so you can just keep it. <laughs> and then he started believing in other things. And you know that by the time George died, it said there on the newspapers, England's mighty evangelist passed away, and there were only 12 people at his funeral. How the mighty have fallen. And Lester Summer was doing work in England at the time that he met Smith Wigglesworth. And he decided he would go meet. And um, he decided, I want to go see this man, Stephen Jeffries, and see what it's all about. And um, he said that he couldn't even see his face because his back was so bent from the rheumatism arthritis. He couldn't even see his face. And when he looked, he said he had to get on his, on his, on his back to get on the... And he, and he could see that his face was all warped. And people used to say that Stephen had the kindest face in the world. That when you looked at him, you just got healed. Nobody had ever healed the sick like him. But he fell in his pride. So we're going to do a wind tunnel now. But it's for people that are going to pay the price. People that are going to run the race till the end. Because God help us if we're going to fall like that. Because in this generation, the men and women of God, if God's going to call, they will not fall like that. John Alexandre died alone and crazy in his basement with a safe full of money. John G. Lake got his healing anointing from there. How sad that so many great people can fall like that. Amen. We have so many people with their little ministries and they think they're so great because they've got a hundred likes on something they put on their Facebook page. Well, if your Facebook page determines how good your ministry is, then we should all be following the devil because he's got more likes than anybody else. Amen? Oh, it's about our anointing and how, how well we prophesy and financial ministry and all this stuff. But it's about souls, you know? How many people are we going to take with us before we go? That's what I want to ask you. How many people are you going to take? And you know, even if it was for one, I'll say it was worth it. But God help me if I go back to heaven alone. 
Then drew near unto him all the publicans and the sinners to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, and saying, The man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose the one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness? And go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety-nine and nine, 99 just persons which need no repentance either what woman have 10 pieces of silver if she lose one piece doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it and when she hath found it she calleth her friends and her neighbors together saying rejoice with me for I have found this piece which I have lost likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. So you know what, when I like to follow people, I like to find people that have coins. Just find that one coin. You can tell me about your ministry, but if you don't have that one coin, it means nothing. Whose life have you impacted? Who have you guided towards the cross? Are you making people follow you or Jesus? That's what God's saying, just that one coin. Find that one coin first. Turn that candle on. Light that candle. Because I know that he's forgiven of much, loves much. So many people looking around in ministry, they're looking for all these wonderful little children that have all these talents and stuff. But you know what I found out? That David went and gathered unto himself vain men. He went to the hopeless and the lost. Jesus went to the poor, the naked and the hungry. But no, every time somebody comes into the church, people see something wrong and all they can do is prophesy. Oh, watch out for this guy, watch out for this guy. Of course, he's got problems and he needs Jesus. He's a coin and he's precious. Can't we just love them? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? None of us are perfect. You know, people love my testimony of what I've been through and stuff. But if I, if I have to come into the church like that, it's like almost like people won't accept me, you know? But we have a bunch of demoniacs sometimes in ministries and in churches that have all these nice suits and money and nice cars. And then all the broken people have to be thrust to the back because they stink or because they have no home or shower. Do you know when I was in Prophet Corbus's ministry when we used to bring the sick in? Man, some of those diseases don't smell very nice. And I used to see why some people would never heal the sick because they were too busy gagging rather than loving on those people. They were too clean for those people and too holy. Do you know why we're still here? Do you know why we're still here today? It's not because we're so holy that God doesn't vaporize us. It's because the Lord says, I have long patience for the fruit of the earth. God has long patience for you. God has long patience for who's ever watching right now. He has long patience for you. And it's time for us to have long patience for the lost, for the hungry. God's looking for people that's after his own heart. 
set apart and consecrated. Amen. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned, and he said unto them, If any man come unto me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and count of the costs, whether he have sufficient sufficient to finish it lest happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it all that behold it begin to mock him saying this man begin to build and was not able to finish or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consult of whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an, an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savour, wherewith, wherewith, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So we're going to do a wind tunnel right now. And Pastor David, if you can just get it ready. Rocky. So there's a price to pay. You know, people uh, sometimes they look at me and they, oh, Dylan, you, you, you're so popular. Yeah, we feel, you know, I, I, I've left my home. I've left my family. My family, even in South Africa, are split up right now from the north to the south because of this call. So, are you willing to pay the price? Let's just stand in the house, please. So, I'm not asking everybody to come through this wind tunnel. Devon. Eric, if you can get in the middle here too. Anna, Joseph, Jabez, Rachel. Jesse, can you come with Aaron? Karina and Abigail. Jacob, can you join? So we know now that there's a price to pay. I think we're going to, those that want to come through this wind tunnel, and as you get laid hands on, Nathan, you too, brother. I want you to know that there's a price. This is not for just ordinary people. This is for those that are called to do great things. This is for those that are going to pay the price. So if you want to do that, you can start walking there and get ready to come through. We're going to lay hands on you. This is for those that will go even if God wants you to go. The Bible says for the eyes of the, the Lord go through and throw throughout the whole earth. Seeking to make himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. God's looking for people that's hearts are perfect towards him. Behold, I sought for a man who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And then the Bible says, I found none. But God forbid, there are people in this ministry. We got the nations of the world hanging over us right now, spiritually. And God's calling us for great things. 
God's eyes are looking through this building right now and he's looking for people that are willing to pay the price thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus God bless you people Micah you're gonna overcome brother God's gonna use you just look at the cross God wants to use you for great things forget about everything that people are saying when they say you can't do it you can do it brother God's called you for great things thank you Jesus can you sing something brother
you that are just standing, that don't just stand there, pray right now. Some people's lives are being touched. Some people are busy encountering God. Pray right now. Open the windows of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Just start to thank God for what He's about to do in people's lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just pray right now. The presence of the Lord is, is here to heal. It's available for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.